guy on Fush Me. That's right. Okay, all right. Well, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's second. Who's on first? I don't know. Oh, he's on third. We're not talking about him. Welcome back to our uh, divisional previews slash grading slash uh, talk about their offseason, basically. Today we're doing the NL Central. With me is Ollie. Say hi. Hi. And Barney. Hello. And my name is Tuan. And today we're talking about arguably one of the most boring divisions it's not going to be the worst it's not going to be the best and i guess that's what makes it kind of boring um it's going to be a consistently okay division which is not very interesting to look at no i guess all right it'll be interesting to see who comes into the playoffs out of this dumpster fire although not even a dumpster fire like a dumpster fire is interesting to look at yeah i I think that there could actually be an interesting playoff race in this division unfortunately it won't be for like a mess it's it's not even that it's just it's, it's going like to be a bunch of okay teams and the Pirates. The only, the, only, <laughs> the only way I can see it become like relatively interesting is when the, if the Pirates make a Cinderella run. Yeah. I think it what could be want. interesting just to see who does make it into the wild card, or not the wild card, uh, the playoff spot for the division. Uh, I yeah. mean, like, like a, a tight competition is still a tight competition, even if it's not with super good records. Uh, and I wouldn't expect any of these teams to necessarily make a deep run in the playoffs, but it could be interesting uh, come late August to see, uh, you know, if, if there is like a, a three-way race for who actually like makes it in the playoffs. No. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the first team then. Uh, last year's division winner, the Cubs. Uh, they finished with a 34-26 and record. Ollie, can you tell me a little bit about their offseason? Who did they lose? Who they got back? Uh, they lost a lot of big names here. So they lost Jason Kipnis, Jose Quintana, um, Tyler Chatwood, Billy Hamilton, uh, Daniel Descauso, Albert Almora Jr., Kyle Schwarber, Yu Darvish, uh, Victor Caratini, and a few more. Uh, and in return, they picked up Jonathan Holder, uh, Zach Davies in a trade, Austin Romine, Trevor Williams, Jock Peterson, the corpse of Jake Arrieta, Brandon Workman for a yikes amount of money and Jake Marisnik in center. Yeah, the yikes is just because it's any money. I don't see yeah. how any team was willing to pay Brandon Workman for his services. But, um, yeah, how what how does that impact their uh, their roster, Barney? Oh, uh, so their their starting nine is still pretty decent. They're gonna they're projected to have it led off by Ian Happ in center field, then have their catcher Wilson Contreras spotting in the batting in the two spot first baseman and franchise player Anthony Rizzo uh, in the three spot followed by Chris Bryant their third baseman other franchise player I suppose uh, in the five spot they'll have their newly acquired left fielder Jock Peterson Javi Baez their shortstop batting after him Jason Hayward their right fielder uh, in the seven hole and finally their second baseman Nico Horner uh, a lot of big names a lot of World Series champions on that list yeah the, yeah. the, the core the core is still there yeah um this is their last year i think for pretty much all of them uh let me just check did rizzo uh, sign an extension no he's Might. a free agent after this year uh ian Happ still has three years of service time it looks like as does wilson contreras contreras has, some, uh, contreras has another two years sorry brian is a free agent after this year yeah um so basically they're like they're infield mm-hmm also with Javi Baez, 
Um, yeah, Javi Baez is going to be part of the big class of shortstops in the next yeah. free agent round. Yeah, definitely. Names I want to point um, out on the bench is they have um, bottom of the ninth inning legend David Bodie, who hit the game-winning two-out grand slam uh, in the bottom of the ninth, down three at some point. Was that last year or two years ago? It's a, I think it's like 2018, 2019. Right. And they also have right, they also hmm. have legendary glasses man Eric Sogard, general utility oh, player. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, their starting rotation has a couple big names and several not-so-big names. Uh, so in their one spot in the rotation, they're projected to have Kyle Hendricks again, who is an excellent pitcher, uh, followed by Jake Arrieta, who has been an excellent pitcher. Uh, they're following that up with Zach Davies, Alec Mills, and Trevor Williams. So I would I would kind of disagree with Jake Arrieta being, having been an excellent pitcher. I feel like he had like two to three very very good years but his sign with the Phillies has been like a like a full-on disappointment unfortunately um so he really peaked in 2015 when he won Cy Young and that was about it yeah I think yeah, anyone was... who's won a Cy Young though can be described as has been an excellent pitcher yeah, yeah. has been has been I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily like talk about him as being a star pitcher right now no um but of course, he has a track also... record of being a great Cubs pitcher yeah. See, yes, he was excellent for the Cubs. That's good. Um, of course, they they do like they did kind of get rid of their ace. Um, so yep. you Darvish went to the Padres uh, in exchange for, uh, amongst other Zach Davies, who is in the rotation now, and some other names, mm-hmm. uh, prospects. It's kind of weird because it's it was kind of like a salary dump. It kind of seemed like it was maybe signaling signaling the start of a of a of a rebuild, but then they did keep all their other pieces that they were only keeping for one more year around, while also adding Jock Peterson, amongst others. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of seems like they're trying to just sneak into the playoffs on the loosest of things and then just like because the playoff MLB playoffs can be a crapshoot win another World Series that way before just not having to pay anybody anymore. Yeah, yeah I mean they they still do have a lot of good players on their team. Uh it, and just just looking at the rankings right now, I didn't realize that Zach Davies was actually ranked 28th overall among pitchers according to FanGraphs at least. That's crazy. Yeah, so maybe he's, we're just sleeping on him. He's only projected well, for a four six four ERA though. Yeah, but he did have That's a ridiculous weird. year last year. Yeah, he he got a two point seven three ERA in like seventy mm. innings. Had okay, a one point four yeah. WAR. Yeah, right, Kyle yeah, Kyle good. Hendricks. I don't think that we should undersell Kyle Hendricks either. Oh no, definitely not. Like like he he was in the National League Cy Young conversation uh, for like last couple of years. So. He's, he's a great pitcher. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks is actually one of my favorite pitchers because he doesn't throw that hard as all the other dudes in the league these mm-hmm. days. I feel like all the premium pitchers these days like all throw like 98, 99, or at least somewhere in like 95 plus. Mm-hmm. And then you got Kyle Hendricks who's like just like pitching it at about, what, what's it, like 89 maybe? Is it that low? I'm going to check his velocity now. No, he's sitting real low. Even lower uh, than he that. He touched. He touched ninety. 
Uh, but the last time he did so looks like it was October of 2018. All right, never mind. Yeah. I knew he was a but, low velo guy. Oh, no. I didn't realize it was the, that low. Yeah, no, his his average fastball is sitting around uh, 88 miles an hour. All right. And, and that's interesting, like, in this day and age. And I think that's maybe, like, kind of could play, like, give him an advantage in the sense that he's, like, one of those starting pitchers that in an age where everybody's throwing 95, 96, 97, he trying to, kind of throws you off guard because he throws only 88. And he just uses his fastball really well. Mm-hmm. He's a sinker baller. And then he has a changeup and a curveball. So he's a, he's a very – like, I like him as, a, as an ace. Yeah, he's a really Cubs. interesting pitcher. Yeah, and then I think – but it kind of drops off after that, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, uh, just to talk about the bullpen briefly, uh, there's really not that much to talk about other than their closer, uh, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. And, of course, accidental Hall of Fame vote-getter Ryan Tapera. Um, uh, I, I would was? say it was an MVP vote. Oh, sorry, not, uh, not a Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not, not Hall of Fame. Active <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm tired. Yeah. Accidental yeah, probably, M- MVP vote-getter, thanks yeah. to a boomer moment. Yeah, it's a fun story, I guess, um, to, to quickly discuss. Uh, so Ryan Tapera is a adequate reliever for the Chicago Cubs. He pitched to like uh, just below a four ERA last year. And somehow a St. Louis rider gave him a 10th place MVP vote last year as he was actually trying to give it to Trey Turner. Um, but then something with uh, the drop down menu as he was trying to issue his vote, something went wrong and he gave it to Ryan Tapera instead. So Ryan Tapera is now officially a MVP vote getter for the rest of his career. It's more than a lot of other relievers can say, I guess. Yeah. Suppose so. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else on these dudes? Like, yeah, it's pretty much there. Like, big-ass lineup with a lot of underperforming pieces last year. Chris <laughs> Bryant only hit, like, what What was it? I think Rizzo hit, like, 200, and then Bryant hit, like, 220. Yeah, they had a really year. underwhelming 2020, and it's hard to, like... I mean, like, we go both ways for, like talking about 2020 stats or saying it's, it's mm. hard to really count them. So I, I think that it's hard to project that forward into a full season. Yeah. These guys have been historically really, really good. Uh, yeah. They're also picking up a World Series champion, Jock Peterson, fresh off yeah. getting a ring. That's true. So they, they do have positive pickups. If Jake Arrieta performs this year, like that's a good look. I don't think he'll be able to make up for you Darvish being amazing, but like no, it's, no. it's not no, necessarily not like, uh, a guaranteed tank or anything. No, Jason Hayward is also still there. Who kind of figured it out? Mm-hmm. No, they're. Going... I think they're setting themselves up to compete in what's going to be a weak division. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're projected to be at what fourth place in the division as well. Yeah. Um, so they although got there's the a, over... there's a lot of projections coming in at roughly the same number of wins, yeah. so I think that this will be like kind of a toss up of a division. Yeah. So we got the over-unders at 78, 78.5. Ollie, what do you what do you got? Man, I over-under. I really don't know. Um I, I think it could go either way. The any of the four teams in the running for this division could just fall, fall apart and hand wins to a different team, so I just I got nothing. Yeah, I, I, pick, I don't think that there's I pick like a don't clear... bet in the NL Central. Yeah, I, no. I don't think there's a clear winner. Um I think that uh like we were discussing 
right at the beginning, there could be some interest in competition because I think that these teams are pretty evenly matched amongst one another, even if they're not mm-hmm. evenly matched at the top of baseball competition. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of put like all of these teams as like looking at a 500 game or a, a 500 season. So maybe the Cubs are right. Little... So you got so you got the over on the Cubs then. Yeah, but you know, just by a hair. Just by a hair. Okay. Yeah, I'm also thinking they, they will probably outperform. Like they they'll get like 79 wins, 80 to 81 wins, mm-hmm. and I could see them make a run for it. Um, I could also see them not making like having a bad start and then trading away all their pieces that are on one-year deals still. So um, could be interesting to maybe see all those guys at different teams. Um, all right. Yeah. On to a second-place team last year who suffered, uh, who went in with a lot of high expectations into the playoffs and then didn't score a single run in two games. Yeah, it was brutal, the, including that, what was it, 13-inning first game against the uh, Braves. That Trevor I think Bauer painful to watch. pitched like yeah. eight scoreless innings with 13 Ks. Yeah, and they, was... they just couldn't put up a run. It, yeah. It was brutal. It was, it was, of course, your Cincinnati Reds that we're talking about who uh, got second place in the division with a 31 and 29 record. Um, Ollie, again, what did their offseason look like? Well, the big name they lost was Trevor Bauer. Um, like, there's just, they're not going to be able to replace that kind of production. Uh, Anthony Descalafani. Yes. That threw me for a loop. Uh, Iron Man, Freddie Galvis. Uh, Archie Bradley, Tyler Thornburg. Um, Brian Goodwin. And Razel Iglesias, who we've talked about in a previous episode of the show. Uh, and in return, they picked up Ryan Doolittle, Kyle Holder, Jeff Hoffman, and Noe Ram- Ramirez. Yeah. Is that it's a two syllable first name? It's also Sean Doolittle, I think. It, what did I say? Ryan. <laughs> Why did I say Ryan? <laughs> I'm so tired. I, th- I think because of Ryan Tapera. Ah, uh, yeah, it's Sean Doolittle. My bad. <laughs> it's good. Um, I swear at some point I'll learn how to read. Sure. 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 Uh, yeah, so Sean Doolittle and then a bunch of other dudes. I think that kind of sums it up. Um, Barney, what does that mean for their roster? Yeah, so the, the front half of their lineup is looking pretty decent. Uh, they're projected to have their left fielder, Jesse Winkler, lead off, followed by their right fielder, Nick Castellanos. Uh, their first baseman, Joey Votto, uh, who is apparently indicated to be on the COVID-19 list right now. That's not great. Ooh, Joey, get better. Yeah. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, their third baseman, is batting in cleanup. Uh, and then they have a little bit of a drop-off in terms of uh, power ranking their players. Their second baseman, Mike Moustakis, is batting in the five hole. Nick Senzel, the center fielder, in the six. Kyle Farmer in seven. And Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, at eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, is, yeah. I, I guess it, it wasn't mentioned here. They did also pick up uh, D. Strange Gordon over the offseason. Yeah, on the minor yeah, league deal. I guess that's why I didn't put it in. A, the... yeah. Oh, is he on a minor league deal? Yeah. He's a non-roster uh, invitee to spring training. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's he's had a, a tough couple of years. Yeah. Would you say strange couple of years? No. No, just 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 tough. <laughs> All right, just tough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, their lineup their lineup looks like it could it could be good. I, I think uh, that that's gonna be a theme that we talk about a lot here. It's like there there are good players and like the we're not talking about like bad teams here. No, definitely not. Um I think like the 
Yeah, the spot that they probably got the biggest hits in the offseason is their uh, their pitching. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, like that's going to be a theme. Yeah. Like, we're going to have a bunch of strong or strong-ish lineups and just no depth at pitching. No. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of uh, the, the projected starting rotation for the Reds, uh, Luis Castillo, who is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Tyler Malley, Wade Miley. Michael Lorenzen, or Lorenzen, sorry, and TJ Antone, Antoine, a- a- Anthony. I don't know. No, how I think it's Antone. I think Antone? it's Antone. I'm not sure. I would have gone with Anthony, but. Anatone. Who? Antone. Yeah. Antone? Is that what we're going with? <laughs> sure. Hold on. TJ Antone. That's what we're calling him. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the big name here is, of course, Luis Castillo, who yeah. is their remaining ace pitcher after losing Trevor Bauer. Yeah, there were there were rumors in the offseason that he was traded to the Yankees. At a certain point, it seemed like a done deal, mm-hmm. I do recall. Uh, and everybody got really excited because then the Yankees would have been legit World Series contender. They're pretty, they're pretty they, they still are legit World they Series They still are, contender. but I think that would have like pushed them over the hump of being like, okay, they're probably going to run away with the AL, uh, the AL yeah. East. Um, Maybe the entire American League, but yeah, yeah Luis Castillo is a great pitcher, but unfortunately, the the rotation seems to lack some depth. Yeah, there's two there's two names on the injured list though that we could talk about: Brandon Bailey, um, who has Tommy John, so maybe he won't be uh, getting back In- this year. Surgery date is late uh, February this year. He's not going yeah, back. He's not yeah. coming. Back. And then we got Sonny Gray. So Sonny Gray is like also one of the top thirty pitchers in the. Yeah, in the in the league. Um, Once he's back from back soreness, he'll definitely slot into the top half of that rotation. Oh, definitely. definitely, and he'll be a big help. Uh, and I think their rotation looks a lot better with Sonny Gray in it. Then it kind of kind of makes it a little bit not uh, painful. Yeah, less painful. Yeah, it, it definitely adds a little bit of depth. Yeah, this team isn't that like it's set up to do something. Um, it's kind of weird that they traded away. Arguably one of their best relievers in Rizal Iglesias, um, but maybe they had a good reason to do that. Uh, yeah, who knows? I don't know. The, a, a lot of a lot of teams did some weird things this off season that we can't always explain what they're doing exactly. and why they're doing it. The, as far as I know, the four teams that are actually competing in the NL Central are just kind of playing a game of of roster chicken, like. <laughs> hey, I'll get rid of guys if you two until somebody hits rock bottom and they're all the pirates. Yeah, because even the pirates traded away a bunch of dudes. Oh God! So. Don't. All right, we'll get back. We'll get to yeah. the. We'll, we'll get um, to the black hole of baseball that is the pirates later. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one thing that's worth noting is that the Reds don't seem to have a lot of guys in their farm system who are expected to to come up and perform really well this year, which is kind of a a mark against them. I think that's worth noting. Uh, the the highest rank I'm seeing looking through their farm system right now is 49th overall, and I'm only pipeline. And that, that's Jose Garcia. Yeah, that's just not good. Their only player in the top hundred, so that's uh, not a great sign. So uh, we, we could see these guys uh, like making some moves for, for prospects or on the trade deadline. Um, yeah, they also got is Nick... uh, is Tyler Stevenson not ranked 77th? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't see him down in the. Uh, and then Hunter yeah. Green at, at 100 exactly. So, like, those are the top uh, three prospects, and that's not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, 
I guess they kind of had their window last year. Everything was built towards making a run last year, and it kind of closed on them really quickly again. Yeah, no, it just <laughs> unfortunately. So, and now they got a bunch of money stuck in uh, Castellanos and Mustakis. Uh, Joey Votto, of course, still <laughs> on the big big contract. He's almost thirty eight. How how long is his contract years. still? I feel like until forty. No, let's just have a look. The I had no right. idea Joey Votto was already Old. 37. Yeah. There's a there's a, a while. there's yeah, a 2024 Joey. club option. So okay. they can pick him up for his 40th year. Good god. Yeah. But Joey Votto is like still good. Yeah. Yeah. Like like he's not he's not flirting with 400 on base percentage anymore, but yeah. No, so but like 54 he's, last year, he's so. known for being like one of, if not the most disciplined batters in Major League Baseball, uh, oh, yeah. and that that's been able to carry him into like not falling off a cliff like some of the older players have. Yeah, so. he had um, looks like he had a mediocre year, um, well for walks at least. Like he still just got hits in 2019. He was still worth WRC plus of 114, so he's like 14 percent. Yeah, 14. What is WRC he, plus one? Yeah, good. Good. Uh, I was just about to say it's a weighted runs created plus. So just like OPS plus, it's kind of like a uh, all-encompassing stats just to see how good you are offensively. Uh, where 100 is the average, and anything like, for example, like right here, Joey Votto's WRC plus is 114 means means that he's 14 percent better than uh, an average player in the league. Um, yeah, specifically at run creation, not at yes. like, getting on base or, no. or like that kind of stuff. No. Um, all right. The over-under for the Reds is 81.5. Molly, what you got? Under. Under. I, I think they're a 500 team at best. Same with the rest of this division. All right, Barney? Yeah, I, so I guess over because I, I have all of these teams at eight. Uh, or no, I guess under by a little. I have all of these yeah. teams at eighty-one wins, eighty-one losses. Yeah, I also I'm also going to take the under. But yeah, uh, the thing is, I think more than most of the other teams, I have the Reds for being probably the most likely team to sell a lot of people at the trade deadline uh, and try to like rebuild their farm system. Yeah, because they need to. <laughs> yeah, so I I think that if the season is not looking their their way or like they're, I I don't think that they're going to be in a realistic position to, to look like they're going to compete for a deep playoff run, especially with some of the other powerhouses that are in the National League. So I could see yeah. them selling stock at the trade deadline. All right. In which case, they'd come in at like maybe 70 wins. Yep. All right. All right, let's talk about one of the two teams that actually did make an effort to become a better team than yeah. the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals, who were one, I think the only team that didn't get to play 60, 60 games eventually. Mm-hmm. They finished with a 30 and 28 record. They were out. Of, uh, they missed a lot of games due to COVID and couldn't catch up with all of them before wouldn't, the end of the season. Wouldn't that imp- did they replace the two games for the other team? I don't know what they did. I think it, eventually it all came down to just win percentage. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know how it exactly. Yeah, so works. I guess they did replace it because otherwise you would have to have two other teams with 59. Yeah, it could be. Because right now there's a missing game from the Cardinals against themselves, which doesn't make any sense otherwise. 
So, yeah, someone in the comments, tell us how that happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they got in as their as, as the first wildcard team. The Brewers were the second wildcard team, if I'm not mistaken, and we're going to get to them later on. Ali, tell me about their offseason. I think it's not as much deals were made as the other as in the other um, teams, no. but they did make the biggest deal, one of the biggest deals of the offseason. So I think they it. have the weirdest deal of the offseason. They have the yes. weirdest deal of the offseason. Uh, so they lost Matt Wieters, Brad Miller, Colton Wong, and Dexter Fowler. Uh, some of those have some of those names have some really big production that they're trying to uh, pick up again. Or and what they did to pick that up is they picked up Adam Wainwright. They picked up Yadier, or they re-signed Yadier Molina. Sorry, they re-signed Adam Wainwright. They re-signed yeah. Yadier Molina, and then um, the Rockies kindly asked them to take Nolan Arenado and fifty million dollars from them, which so is a mind-boggling move. Yeah, Nolan Arenado being like maybe the best third baseman in. Major League Baseball, like just, uh, there just is... a phenomenal play. I know there are a lot of really good third basemen right now. There's yeah. a brand new Foolish Baseball out about the Nolan Arenado trade specifically. Go watch that for... Yeah, and, yeah, and I watched the... that this morning. And how the Rockies stink. Yeah. Yes. We'll just get just to like, that next I... episode. Yeah, so the, the Arenado deal is kind of like a microcosm that's symbolic for just how awfully bad the Rockies have been run oh, the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah, and it's. I think that that's been beaten to death, so we don't need to spend too much time mm -hmm. on it. But the Cardinals got the winning end of that trade. They picked up one of the best players in baseball and fifty million dollars. Yeah. All right. Uh, what does that mean for their roster then? Yeah. So they uh, are projected to be led off by their second baseman Tommy Edmond, then their first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, who has had a storied career so far. Uh, then Nolan Arenado in third spot. Paul DeJong at shortstop, batting fourth. Dylan Carlson in right field after him. Uh, Yadier Molina, their forever catcher. What is he going into, like his 17th season with the Cardinals yeah. or something? Yeah. I think 18. Uh, just absurd. Uh, he's got, yeah, he's got 16 year, years of MLB service time. So that'd be, well, 16.100 yeah. games. So that'd be his 18th season probably? Yeah. He's been the catcher for the Cardinals forever. Uh, left fielder Tyler O'Neill in the seventh spot, and center fielder Harrison Bader in the eighth spot. So, what do you guys think of this this lineup? They are projected to be the best uh, team in the NL Central. For what so the thing about the thing about this Cardinals team, I think, is just mighty consistent. This is going to be a team that's like not going to wow you in terms of run production. But it's gonna score like enough runs every evening to give you a fighting shot. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the the guys they have in the corner infield, like Paul Goldschmidt, Noel Arenado, those two can pretty much rival any other like one-two punch in the game. Mm -hmm. um, especially if Goldschmidt is able to bounce back. I think he had a pretty bad year last year. Uh, defensively, they're also pretty good. I think Goldschmidt is one of the best defensive first basemen, and Arnado is one of the is certainly maybe the best defensive third baseman. Yeah, um, it's kind of it's kind of weird that they gave up Colton Wong. I would have liked uh, to have seen Goldschmidt had a down twenty nineteen, but he put together a one forty six WRC plus last year. All right, so he was pretty good last year. Um, I would have liked to see do it, um, them having kept. Um, Colton Wong, 
But Tommy Edmund seems to be a decent bat as well. So Yeah, overall the Cardinals didn't seem like they were very active on the free agent market, which was kind of strange. No. They just uh, re-signed their guys. Yeah. Uh they do, I think, have the, the most starting pitching depth in the division. Yeah. So oh yeah, they, definitely. They got Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Quan Hyung Kim, Carlos Martinez, and John Gant. So that's at least the top three great pitchers. Yeah, yeah. I, I think an argument can be made for the Brewers for having pitch, starting pitching depth, but we'll get to those guys in a sec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, their bullpen has a lot of dudes. Um, uh, maybe let's shortly talk about Jordan Hicks because I don't know if you guys saw it, but he had a 22 pitch at bat against. Oh yeah. Who was it? Who was it that was hitting? Oh, uh, Guillorme. Jose yeah. Guillorme, I think, from the from the Mets. And the thing about that was that Jordan Hicks had a pitch limit or something. Uh, he so, pitched to one batter. Yeah, so basically he only got to pitch to Guillaume, who took him like 22 pitches deep and then hit a, hit a, got a hit. No, got a walk. Man. Walked on a the walk. 22nd pitch. Walk. Oh, man. After going worse. 0-2 in that at-bat, by the way. Yeah, he, he swung on a slider that was nasty. Jordan Hicks is also one of the hardest throwers in the, in the league. It's maybe good to point that out as well. Uh, for um, reference, the longest at-bat in any major league game not in spring training is 21 pitches. So this would have set a, a record during the regular season. And then were, they kindly decided to pull him from the game. God, <laughs> so, just... Uh, can you imagine that you had like a... Tw- can you imagine you had like a 20-pitch limit and they were like, all right, no, 20 pitches is 20 pitches. You're coming yeah, out. Yeah. Dude, but Middle I of this one, one batter. I'll get the next guy. I promise. <laughs> get the next guy. Fifty Are they pitches to later. Mid at bat in spring uh, yeah. training games. Oh no no no. Ooh, I think technically no, but umpires don't give a shit. So yeah. Or actually, umpires uh, do give a shit because I think the Cubs and the uh, Cleveland baseball team played the bottom of the ninth, despite despite the Indians being ahead. Sorry, Cleveland baseball team being ahead, and the umpires just left. So they just played. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. They just played a bottom of the ninth with They're nobody like, there. This is the line. Spring stupid training spring, is silly. Stupid spring training. Yeah, no, they're like, the guys, the game is over. We're going home. Well, I can feel it. Uh, uh, they also right. have, uh, maybe also like another uh, quick uh, disclaimer is that they have two pitchers on their injured list. Mm-hmm. Also pretty good. Uh, Dakota Hudson and Miles Mikolas. Um Mikolas is scheduled to get back relatively soon. I like Dakota Hudson had Tommy John in September of last year, last so year. so we, we probably won't see him this year. No, which is sad because he's pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, um, the over under for the Cardinals is at eighty six point five, so they're like projected to win the division. Ollie, you got an over, you got an under. What you got? I mean, going off of Fangraph's projections, I would go under because they're projected to win 79 games, same as the Brewers. But, yeah. Okay. Barney? Uh, I'd put him under because I have them at 81 wins and 81 losses at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, I feel like the same as we might see the, everyone in the NLEs have a winning record. It might be interesting to see if, if we can get four teams to get a 500 record in the NL Central. Yeah, so I, the, I guess what I what I want is to have uh, some teams end this season with 164 games played. Yeah, because yeah. the the double tiebreaker. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Um, yeah, so 
there is a form of watching baseball called Team Chaos. And the only goal of Team Chaos is to end the season with as many teams tied as possible. So I think that's the goal for the NL Central here. I'm back. I'm going to like swiftly move on to our next team. The Brewers. The Brew yeah, Brewers. Brewers. Brewers of they, Milwaukee. One of two teams to have a losing record last year and still make it into the playoffs next to... I don't... The, did they? Yeah. They played wild card, the wildcard series against the Dodgers. Right. They were, yeah, they, they were the team that took advantage of the fact that the Phillies went 1-8 and eight for their last games and slipped into the postseason <laughs> because of it. Juan, oh, what's it like being in constant pain? Do you see me smiling? Yes. This is how I cope. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, so 29 and 31, they finished last year. Um, they had a off season and Ollie's going to talk about us what they did in that off season. Uh, so they lost um, previously mentioned glasses legend, Eric Sogard. Uh, they lost Jed York, Jed Giorco, uh, Corey Knibbel. What? Jerko. Jerko? Yeah, huh. just Jed Jerko. Corey Knibbel, <laughs> uh, Alex Claudio, and Ben Gamel. Uh, and in, in return, they picked up uh, other glasses legend, Luke Maley, uh, in free agency, Colton Wong, Derek Fisher in a trade, uh, Brett Anderson, and the big name of this list, Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, they became a lot better defensively. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they they were already pretty good defensively because like they got Lorenzo Cade in center field, and now they just added another center fielder <laughs> who is arguably better defensively than him. Um, Barney, what you got for me on their uh, on their lineup now with all these these moves? Yeah, leading off second baseman Colton Wong, then mm-hmm. Lorenzo Cain center field in two spot, Christian Yelich, who we can talk about a little bit later. Hopefully, he bounces back this year. Uh, left fielder in the three-hole. Then Keston Hura in the four-hole at first base. Travis Shaw, um, even though he is a non-roster invitee, is currently uh, projected to be their starting third baseman and batting in the fifth spot. Uh, then yeah, JBJ. He, was, oh, he was the starter for Toronto last year, so I would expect him to start here as well. All right. Uh, JBJ uh, in right field in the sixth spot. Orlando Arcia in uh, shortstop in the seventh spot. And finally, Omar Narvaez, former Mariner, uh, the catcher. All right. This, this looks like a fun team. The Brewers often are. I like the yeah. Brewers. I like them too. Um, they moved Keston Hiera from second base to first base uh, to have a spot for Colton Wong, mm-hmm. which I think uh, Keston Hiera, like he has a very, very, very good bat. Um, so that's a good move for them, I think. Um, yeah, it's going to it's going to be fun to see what what Colton Wong and Jack and Bradley Jr. can like add to this team. Yeah, I think uh, the uh, the person that needs to be talked about a little bit here is Christian Yelich. Yeah, he's become kind of the poster child for people saying that we shouldn't take 2020's shortened season stats into account because he essentially was in a slump for all 60 games of it. Yeah, he, he had yeah. some Batted times that he tried to pull 200. out. Yeah. Uh, but he, he had a very, very bad 2020. But in uh, 2019, people considered him, what, like third, fourth best player in all of MLB? Yeah, he was definitely in that MVP conversation. Yeah, so uh, hopefully he's able to bounce back because he can be just an absolutely electrifying player. Uh, it's, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. 
Yeah, I'm looking at his year-by-year -year stats, uh, and we're just going to keep it with one weighted runs created plus because we've talked about that a lot. So in 2017 with the Marlins, uh, over a full season, he put together 117 weighted runs created plus. Then he jumps to a 167 and a 175 for the next two years, which are just god tier. Uh, and last those, year he drops back were... down to a 113, which is a little more in line yeah. with his five years in the MLB prior to becoming MVP worthy. So those, so those big seasons weren't with the Marlins, right? No, they were both with Milwaukee. Yeah, he, he became good when he left Marlins Park. Mm -hmm. We've seen that happen before. Well, we've seen people <laughs> become injured after they leave Marlins yeah. Park. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be curious to see whether it, whether it actually goes back to or whether he continues the trend of like the five years before the last before his breakout seasons or whether he bounces back. Yeah. It's going yeah. to be interesting. And I think the Brewers will need a healthy and good performing Yelich to like have a shot at winning the division. Yeah, yeah I, think. I think he's the key for this team. He's their, their linchpin. He is the linchpin. That's that's exactly yeah. the word I was going to use. All right. There we go. All um, right. So they, they've got a couple great pitchers as well. Yeah. Uh, so their rotation is projected to be Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Josh Lindblom, Adrian Hauser, and Brett Anderson. Uh, Woodruff and Burns, great, 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 great pitchers. Yeah. I love those names. Yeah. I think we should uh, also, uh, we haven't been talking about bullpens a lot, but we should... Uh, yeah, we should definitely talk about We should this highlight one. this we, one. <laughs> we should highlight uh, Josh Hader and Devin Williams. Oh, my God. Josh Hader and his hair. Uh, one of the best closers in baseball right now. I, I don't want to say that he's the best, but he's in that conversation. Yeah, he's power ranked sixth overall, and Devin Williams is third overall. So, these are these are good players. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I want to talk about Devin Williams real quick. Uh, he has the legendary Airbender. Uh, so Pitching Ninja is a, uh, a person on Twitter who uh, makes videos about pitchers, and he called Devin Williams Changeup the Airbender, and he officially pronounced it pronounced it as the nastiest pitch uh, of the 2020 season, I think, which is all fine. I think he's, uh, he's a brilliant pitcher. I don't think a reliever should win Rookie of the Year. Hot take. Also because think, Alec Bohm finished second, so I'm kind of biased. But <laughs> I think there should be an award for relievers in general. Which there, yeah. I don't think there is at the moment. There's a relief of the year award, I think. There is. Yeah. No. There's, it, there's like a closer award. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a closer award, but not like a general reliever award. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, okay, so like a, a shutdown reliever can have a huge impact on a team. Still, I feel like a player that plays every day has a higher impact. But that's maybe just me. Yeah. I, I think I, that. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is not really the play one. Seth. It, maybe this is not really the place to have that discussion, uh, but I just yeah, wanted to put it out one, there. I feel wrong. My, my thing is that there's a, is that teams are kind of, or some teams are moving away from like the dedicated closer role. Mm -hmm. So they've got like their leverage guy and they're just putting him in wherever. It doesn't have to be the ninth, bottom of the ninth, doesn't have to be safe situation. It's just if they feel that it's a turning point in the game, then they're going to put him in. Which yeah. means that you might have very, very good relieving pitchers who are not technically closers missing out on that closer award. All right. But yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Uh, also worth noting, the Brewers right now have like a lot of guys that are injured. Uh, looks like five guys are currently out injured, and any of them could make the uh, the twenty six man roster. Yeah. So, a bunch of position yeah. players, uh, one pitcher and Ray Black. Um, I don't think that any of these guys are particularly like like linchpins of the team, or they're no. projected to be like the best players around. Um, but there could be a lot of flux going on with this team's roster. Yeah. Um, how's how good is Tim Lopes? Yeah, because uh, he, he used to play on the Mariners. So. Yeah, he he's a uh, a former utility guy for the Mariners, uh, like bench utility. So right. uh, yeah. He was pretty good at it. Uh, the Mariners just had a better option in Dylan Moore, so uh, so he was able to be claimed off waivers by the Brewers. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's not a bad player by any means. All right. Uh, Brewers also have like a uh, a notably young roster. Uh, they're one of the teams that like their average age is pretty low. Uh-huh. Um, doesn't look like anyone that I'm seeing off of their projected starting roster or rotation who's older than 31. Yeah, uh, there's Kane. um Lorenzo there, Kane. Yeah, there's Lorenzo Kane who's 34, almost 35. Lorenzo? Batting second. Oh yeah, center, center fielder. Ooh. I just didn't scroll up enough for that. I knew Colton Wanham was at the top, and he wasn't that old. Yeah, Josh Lindblom yeah. is also 33.7. Yeah, but he's um, yeah, I guess. All right, maybe um, a couple guys, but certainly a, a lot of youth on this team. Yeah. So, Barney, I guess you're taking the under because they're at 83.5 and you have everyone having Absolutely. at a 500 record. So, um, yes, Ollie, I'm just going straight to Ollie. What do you have? I'm, I'm also going under. under. I, like, I'm not going to say Fangraphs is, uh, is 100% right, but I do think that the projection for, you know, not 500 teams all throughout the NL Central seems accurate to me. All right. So I do, I think it's under also. I got the over. I'm feeling it for this team. I think this right. team is going to like set the set the set the central on fire in like a very um, like uh, sober way. They're gonna set them a smolder. Yes. Yeah. They're going to win it, and they're gonna and it's gonna be fun. But it's also gonna be like, yeah, okay, nice, good job, guys. You know. All right. All right. Let's talk about the real dumps of fire. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> one other team. Yeah. The pirates. Are we are we still calling them a team? Yeah, they still are. We called the Mariners a team for so long that the Pirates get to have it. <laughs> yeah. So what 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 this off season made me realize about the Pirates is that they actually still had a lot of dudes there, and they just still traded them all away. Uh, we have here uh, a team that lost forty one games. I think the only team. That lost more than 40 games. Um, yeah, Ollie, talk about that offseason. The, mostly who um, they lost. Yeah, they lost, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, Keona Keela? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. I don't know. Um, Derek Holland, they lost uh, Chris, Chris Archer, Josh Bell, Joe Musgrove, and Jameson Tyon. Uh, and they got Andy Rodriguez in a trade and... Trevor Kale. Cahill? Kale. Cahill. Yeah, yeah I that... just saw that today. Announced. <laughs> it's kind of depressing, right? God. Yeah, it, 
I don't think that we, at least I don't have too much to say about this team because they were bad last year and they lost some of their best players. And it, it sucks, but they're projected to be a terrible team. And that's they were a bad team. They've been a bad team for several years now, and they're just not pulling themselves up out of this dumpster fire. Yeah. I, yeah. This they, team they, needs to blow it up a, if they, they haven't already. They need a pretty already. significant rebuild. And unfortunately, uh, they, they have a couple uh, good-ish prospects, but their prospects uh, are not like so overwhelmingly good that they look like they're in a position to be good in the next couple just, of years either. Just the one, no. right? Just Kebrian Hayes? Yeah, Cabrian Hayes is like their one guy because um, he, he came up and played a few games last year. Was it last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but other at their, than that, um, like they're... they're um, they've got they're Miguel Yajure, who's ranked 114th overall, scheduled to come up this year, and that's it. Uh, they got four guys scheduled to come up next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, Barney. Yeah, do, do you do you still want to like talk about this this roster? Like, because uh, I got a level, there's, I got talk, a level talk, with you. I I don't because I no. don't know enough about most of these guys to say anything. Cabrian Hayes maybe, is like the the big person who's worth yeah. talking about, but even him, we don't have a lot to go off of. Uh, he's just like a a very uh, well respected third base prospect. Yeah, uh, shall we? Shall we all just like? Shall we all just like pick someone or some guys that we think might be good? So and that we know something I, about, basically. Yeah. The, so the for me, is, yeah, I, I don't know anything about most. Of them. Yeah. So I, I will jump in and say that uh, I, I'm worried about the Pirates. Yeah. And the reason for that is that they neither have depth um, or like big names on their their current roster or their projected roster rather. So they, they don't have like sort of like aging players that could be sold to teams for prospects, and they also don't have a lot of prospects. Uh, and that's a tough position for a team to be in, especially a team from a small market like Pittsburgh. So I hope that they're able to recover something and like figure out how to do a good rebuild, because I, I want to see the Pirates doing well again. Um, but I, I just like it, I think that it's hard to see a clear way forward for this team, which is really a shame. Yeah, not think... yeah, definitely not short term. Outside of just selling everything and everyone off for parts, mm-hmm. and doing well in the next few drafts. Yeah, it's it's a really tough position to be in, and I, I wish that I had more positive stuff to say. Yeah, it's kind of sad because they had like Jameson Tyone and Garrett Cole, who were both I think number one picks overall mm-hmm. previously, uh, and both of them haven't panned out the way that they did for the Pittsburgh Pirates in like, yeah. specifically. They're um they out for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. They're their current the projected the current projected number three hitter at first base, Colin Moran, um he looks like looks like he's been with the team for three years. Uh he was a sixth a number six overall pick by Miami in twenty thirteen. But he's still batting like he looks to be good, but that's it. Yeah. He's gonna be batting two sixty with twenty homers. That's so good, but that's not like it's, that's it's that's, good. But for a first baseman, that's pretty average. Yeah, no, that's not going to win win him any uh, no. any wins above replacement awards. Uh, let's see, Gregory Polanco's been around with this team forever. Also, former um, top prospect. Yeah, but he's going to be average at best, and probably a little below that. Uh, Anthony Alford's been a process prospect with the Blue Jays for several years and he just hasn't really panned out I think the way they wanted him to. He's good defensively, but that's it. Mm-hmm. There's just I think there's just no spark in this offense. 
No. There's no offense. There's no real de- There's no real pitching. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Stephen Brault, who has a beautiful voice. Excellent oh, singer. Yeah. That's true. Uh, also, good podcast host. Yeah. Good podcast <laughs> host. Um, uh, maybe, apparently, this Richard Rodriguez guy, who is their closer, is projected to have a 3.97 ERA. Which is the best in their team by a by stretch. That's, that's bad for a reliever. Three point nine seven for a closer is not good. That's no, atrocious, but, actually. Hey, but hey, who who knows? Maybe this guy can like me be something for them. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's they're just in a really tough position. And... Yeah, and honestly, that's all down to management fuck ups over the last four or five years. Yeah, like they have fallen very very far. So yep, I, and... I wish the best for them moving forward, but it's it's going to be a tough season. All right. All right. Over under on that 58.5 <laughs> wins. Because I still th- I think it's under. I think I it's think below the that. They're not. I don't think they're going to put anything together this year. Yeah. I... All right. So I'm going to I'm going to go over for them. Uh, the reason is I don't think that they're in a particularly impressive division, as we've talked about. Uh, oh, right, just, right, just like right. how we talked about, like a lot of these teams are are okay, and they're not necessarily going to be the worst teams. They're they're still not the best teams, so I don't think they necessarily get free wins all the time against the Pirates. Uh, so I'm going to put the Pirates at like 60 wins this season. That's that's still a hundred losses, though. That's yeah, I mean, I, I still think that they're going to have a terrible season, but I don't think that it's going to be uh, below 58. I hope. I I'm trying to be hopeful for the Pirates. And I think no. that they can take wins off of the Cubs, the Reds, the Cardinals, and the Brewers all. They can, but they probably won't. Yeah, I, I think their win-loss is going to be bailed out by the fact that they don't have like a, a, a huge powerhouse in their division. Yeah, they won't get just slaughtered. Yeah. No. Speaking of divisions with powerhouses, what are we talking about next? We only have one division left, eh? We're talking about the NL best. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, That that's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, I think the most top-heavy division. Yeah. Oh, easily. So oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of a pretty big drop-off to like what's yeah. under the top two teams there. Um, but like, arguably, going to be very interesting to see. Oh yeah. boy! And a I think that there will be some interesting stuff to talk about in the uh, the next two teams after that. I mean, let's not. Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, just one team that maybe now. That's that's interesting, like in a pirate's way. Yeah. <laughs> Even more interesting than the but we'll we'll get to that next week. Yeah. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you, Ollie. Say bye to the people. Bye to the people. <laughs> and Barney, please say something more mature. Uh, yeah. Thanks everyone who's listening to us. Or uh, I think we've like doubled the number of subs recently, which uh, is awesome. Thank you for we are just taking the time to listen to us. On the uppers. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. All right. Never say that again, please. Never say that again. All right. Thanks, all right, everyone. Thanks, all. See ya. See you next Goodbye. time. Bye.